This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. That's Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verses one and two. And today I want to talk about the importance of people of faith being in the marketplace for such a time as this. And we want to keep in mind that there are many who are going through a season of significant bereavement and or illness themselves or coming alongside loved ones who are going through a tremendous amount of illness. Even in my own case, there was a period not too long ago of about three weeks or so when every single day, minus two days, someone in my family or amongst my friends or a friend and or family member of a friend died. That's a lot of deaths in a very short period of time. And on top of the deaths, there were also a lot of illnesses. Many people who were in the hospital because of COVID-19 and some who were dying or ill from other conditions that did not seem to have a direct correlation with the pandemic and the virus. So as you look around the workplace, even if you are fine, and maybe there's no one in your family who has died or no one in your family who's been ill and you yourself have been okay, keep in mind that others may be having a different experience. And what's unique about this time period is not just that people are dying or that they're ill, that happens all the time. What's different is that so many people are dying in close succession and so many are ill. In addition, many of these deaths are sudden and they're unexpected. Also, there are losses of many young people, including of some people's children. And if you are a parent who hasn't experienced the death of a child, you know how devastating it can be to lose a child. So people are having all of these devastating losses. And when I say loss of children, I'm even thinking about loss of adult children as well. Because as a parent, you're still thinking you're probably going to predecease your children. So that's a difficult one for most parents to walk through. I also think there are some circumstances in today's time that are complicating the scenario and situation and making it even more difficult to bear. For example, there's so many changes in how memorial services and funerals can be done at this time while the pandemic is still going on. So many people are opting not to have funerals, they're opting to delay them, or they're opting to have memorial services in lieu of funerals and to have those memorial services at a later time. And one of the things that we know 
is that these surfaces serve a very important role. They help a person to get through extreme grief. So one of the coping mechanisms, if you will, is removed for many families, or even if they have the service, not everyone who would like to be there is able to get to the service because of travel restrictions and because of their own physical vulnerabilities and so on. One of the upsides is that many of the funeral homes and other services and service providers have learned to do more virtual formats and to do hybrid formats so that some people are there in person, other people attend virtually, and this allows a wider circle of friends and family to participate who otherwise would not be able to participate. And I know, again, on a personal level, I've really appreciated those people who've been able to put that type of solution together. And my husband and I have attended a number of those virtual services, both for family members and also friends in this current season. We also are dealing with challenge right now because in hospitals, sometimes it can be difficult to visit loved ones because there's limited access, limited place for visitors to come in. Hospitals are overrun, staff are overrun, and because of the illness levels, which are high in the contagion, particularly of this Delta variant of the virus, many people are not able to go into the hospital to see their loved ones or even to be there with them in these final moments of hours or these challenging moments and hours, even if they pull through the illness. And for many people in this season, this is the first time that they've ever experienced significant loss of people who are close to them or ever have participated in a death or funeral of anyone. One of the things I remember from my own childhood is that for as long as I can remember, I have always attended funerals. I've always been a part of the spectrum of life from birth to death. Because of the church that we were in, if anyone died, everyone went to the funeral. Most often, these were older people that I knew in the church, people who were friends of my parents, friends of our family, people who I was even close to, and they were senior citizens or older when they died. And participating in the funerals was kind of a normalizing aspect, a real realization that we're not here forever. And I had that sense even in childhood. Now, occasionally, there were some deaths that I experienced that were not just older people. Sometimes there would be people that were close to me and they were younger. For example, there was a Girl Scout when I was about 12 years old and she was a colleague of mine in the Girl Scouts and she died of a disease, a condition. And I remember going to her funeral and the whole Girl Scout troop being there. And I also remember my cousin around about the same age was killed in a very tragic and unusual circumstance that occurs when you're in big cities, when she was an innocent person who was killed and she was somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. She and I were about the same age. And so going to her funeral as well, that was another child. And I also recall a man in our church who was around my father's age when I was in childhood 
and he died suddenly of a heart attack. And he was a man who was well-beloved by all the people in the church and especially the children. We all loved him. And his children, his oldest child was around my age and he had a number of other children who were much younger. And I recall really feeling a sense of compassion for those children because I could relate to them also being in their same age group and others being so much younger and thinking about my own father and what a challenging and difficult circumstance that would be to go through this. So even though in my case, I've had all of these childhood experiences, there are many people, the first death that they experience is someone extremely close to them and in their family, and that makes it even more difficult to walk through. So as you are in the workplace, and as you are a person of faith, you have an opportunity to comfort those who are going through these very, very challenging and very difficult times. So there are a couple of things just to keep in mind, as it can be difficult to know what to do. Frequently, there's not a lot that you necessarily have to say. Every person is different and every person will appreciate a different kind of support. And I will name several things that tend to be helpful for most people. So number one, create a quiet place where you can sit with someone who is bereaved and just adopt a posture of listening. Listen to them, hear them, don't be rushed. Whatever it is, they may choose to share with you and to say. Everyone goes through grief in their own way and in a different way. And there are different emotions that different people feel. Some people may feel profound sadness. Other people may be angry. And all of this is acceptable and part of the grief spectrum. So you want to be there, create the space to listen. Number two, one of the things you can do is you can ask about the loved one. Learn something about the good memories that they have about that person. What was that person like? What are their favorite memories of them? What are the favorite qualities of that person? What are the funny stories that they recall? And sometimes just honoring and acknowledging the loved one and giving that person the space to talk about them is also healing. That's a gift to be willing to sit in their presence and to hear about the one they loved and that they have lost. Thirdly, you could ask a person also, what is it that they want to carry forward with them? It's almost like a continuing legacy from the person who they've lost. Almost as if to imagine that an imaginary baton has been passed to them. And when they think about that, what does that baton look like? How will they keep this person's memory alive in terms of how they choose to live their life today? How will they honor the memory of the person by the behavioral choices that they make as they go through life? You can really encourage a person to reflect about what that might look like as well. And then I think too, number four would be words of encouragement. Sometimes when people are in a season of bereavement and grief, the pain is so severe and it can feel as though it will always 
be like this. And I don't know how I'm ever going to make it if every day is the way I feel today. And we can share with people that though today feels particularly challenging, it won't be like it is today forever or even every day. Over time, the pain does lessen. And particularly as the person gives themselves space to heal, space to reflect and remember the loved one, then they will heal in their own way and in their own time. And a year, two years, three years, five years from now will look very different from the way today might look when it's a day later or a week later from the loss. So just a reminder to people that this intense pain is not their permanent new normal or new condition. And in the workplace also, as a marketplace leader, be familiar with the resources that your company and your organization has that could be useful for people. You may have an employee assistance program that offers counseling services, and some people might need to access those services because it will help them to walk through the stages of grief in a healthier manner. Other people will have their own resources. They may have church counseling, counseling at their other house of worship, and so on that they can participate in, be with groups of other people who are also going through a season of bereavement and where they can encourage one another. Make it okay that people heal in community and with the help of others and be prepared when appropriate to share those resources if it seems that that would be helpful to the person or if they're looking for such resources or ask you for such resources. When dealing with someone who is going through a season of illness or they're coming alongside a relative who's going through a season of illness, there are some practical things that you can put into place that may be helpful to them as they go through the season. And so even if you, as the senior leader, doesn't do all of these pieces, you can make sure that someone is designated in the workplace to find out what the family needs and to put those resources in place. So for example, as practical help, number one, a person might have some duties at work where they need to share those duties with others. They might need people to step in temporarily and to help them. They might need to be relieved of some responsibilities and duties for a period of time. Likewise, even in their home environment, they might need someone to provide meals. So many workplaces, they take turns, they make a list and they schedule people to create meals to bring to the family. Keep in mind to remember to ask the family what their dietary constraints might be or their religious constraints in terms of how they might need to eat. Some families might need to eat kosher or they might be a Muslim family that has certain requirements. So make sure you understand what the requirements are, what they eat and what they don't eat, create a schedule, relieve some of the burden, or it could be even running some errands for a person going to the cleaners, going to the grocery store or whatever might be helpful for them. Some people are going to need time off 
so that they can attend to the many personal matters and going to medical appointments and all that comes with a serious illness. And for some, that time off might extend into a true leave of absence. So make sure that your HR personnel and your leaders in the organization are familiar with the policies such as the FMLA in the United States, the Family Medical Leave Act, and other resources that could help your employees. There will be others who are going through a prolonged season of needing to be a caregiver, and they're also close to the age of retirement, and they actually may opt to retire. So facilitate that process as best you can for those who make a decision to enter retirement, maybe a little earlier than they had planned to do. So lots of ways you can come alongside someone who is either ill themselves or helping a family member who is ill. Bottom line is what I want you to remember is that there have been times in our own lives when we have received help and assistance and we have received comfort from God. And so it's at times like this that he calls on us to give back to others what we have also received. And so I want to share a verse from 2 Corinthians, and this is the first chapter, and these are verses three and four as we are closing out today's segment. And as you think about how you can be a marketplace leader who brings comfort at times of bereavement and also serious illness. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So pass it forward, the comfort you have received from God. Share it with someone else. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.